Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. By order of the Shadow Proclamation, some episodes of the Cultum Collective focus exclusively on Doctor Who, while other episodes explore other areas of science fiction and fantasy. These are their stories. Maho. Indeed, I'm just about uh, settled now from my shaky experience in Second Life. Uh, uh, I wasn't sure whether I was awake or asleep, but uh, it was a good experience. <laughs> oi, oi, oi. The thing I, I saw... <laughs> That's because you keep staring at me, Dave. <laughs> All right. Uh, remember, I've got photographic evidence, so be careful. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. All right. Let's see who's in the collective today. Joining us from the thawed out north. See, see what I did there? Mr. Charlie P79. Hello, Charlie. Hello, everybody. And also joining us, Mr. Darth Skeptical. Darth? Hello, Darth. Oh, no. He fell off. We'll come back to Darth. Also joining us in audio, Bruce, Mr. Logan's right. Well, no, I can't say that. Uh, ooh, yeah, yeah, you got me. <laughs> Hello, Logan. <laughs> Hello. Just, just go with Logan. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna go with the. Um, yes. Anyway, with, with moving on. <laughs> no, no, I was saying from the the show of the same name, but. Yep, but it's not the same name in your I know, that's where I tripped myself up. Never mind. <laughs> Moving on. Nothing to see here, folks. Also joining us, Ironing in Hand. Hello, Howley T. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and our third wheel, Mr. Randall Thor. Hello, Mike. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> And fresh from her uh, hair-raising experience in Second Life, it's Helen. Hello, Rowan. Hey, hey, 
didn't do it. Yes. I mean, I was, uh, a certain birth made me look just like Rose Tyler. So uh, There you go. Can't do wearing worse than a that, nice, I think. Wearing a nice T-shirt as well, I believe. Yes, yes. Then there is a nice Yeah, I got that nice T-shirt. Yes, yes, nice T-shirt. All right, uh, and also joining us, Mr. Tim Jury. Yes, awake, but probably shouldn't be after such a late, like, late night in Second Life. See, I can't even <laughs> talk now. <laughs> and he's slowly working his way back into the room, but... Uh, come in, Mr. Dar Skeptical, as soon as this thing unmutes you. <laughs> Soon one of those shows, folks. There he is. <laughs> Darth. Hello. Hello, there he is. See? He's just a very odd blip. Somebody somebody keeps leaving banana skins on the floor of the uh of, of the studio and you keep slipping under the cone of silence. <laughs> Either that or I moved to an alternate universe. I don't yes. Know. Waking or dreaming, Turlo. <laughs> I mean waking <laughs> or sleeping, Turlo. All right, yeah. and last well, almost last, second to last, joining us. What the? What? Huh? I'm overloading the whole of talk show. Hello, cat. Please speak in usual position. I'm not dead this week. I'm the happy go lucky land. There's your cue, Liam. Hello. <laughs> that one was by special request. <laughs> I thought it was blue bottle. I thought it was blue bottle. Uh, welcome to the to the collective, the junior fan the of the Goon Show. <laughs> Thanks. I like this game. There you go. All right. One last member of the collective to introduce. That's the typing monkey. And I forgot the cone, didn't I? Yeah. We'll yeah. do the cone after the after news. <laughs> All right, Dave, you've got some news first. Yeah, I was just thinking, one day Ian was shot in the head. Am I asleep? I'm in a coma? Or am I in another world? <laughs> he's he's sure, off his game yeah. today, I know that much. <laughs> yeah, I, did. Uh, I had nothing to do with this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Benjamin Elliott, our... Uh, illustrious uh, member of the uh, Colton Collective who normally gives us his report couldn't stay he was here for the pre-show but had to uh, uh, run and say uh, thanks and he will be back and listening later as of course uh, lots of people do uh, news Doctor Who schedule news for tomorrow finally something you actually want in case I can't get with you to record in advance BBC America is revamping its weekday lineup. the David Tennant Doctor Who episodes are going to air weekdays at 5pm Eastern starting this Monday, May 17th. In addition, ABC, uh, sorry, BBC America will air six-hour marathons each weekday from 11am to 5pm starting May 17th. The marathons will be from all genres of BBC America programming. Doctor Who airs in the rotation on the 17th and the 26th. Torchwood on May 24th, uh, Primeval another day, and at least two days of Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares. And I'm pretty sure Cash in the Attic gets a marathon, an eclectic lineup. Oh, and meanwhile, Ian Bissett of the Cultum Collective podcast discovered that Torchwood is back in New Zealand. 
TV2 is airing the Torchwood Series 2 late Fridays at 12.30am. Everybody tune in for it. Regards, Benjamin. Okie dokie. Uh, yes, and also thank you to my friend Stuart Tankersley uh, in Carterton in New Zealand uh, for pointing that out to me. And so I was able to pass that information on to Benjamin. More news from Benjamin. Actually, uh, this one is listed in the obituaries column. Law and Order, age 20, passed away this weekend after being violently attacked by the demographic mafia. A hit ordered by networkers being in crisis. Law and Order's new baby, Law and Order Los Angeles, was delivered alive during Law's final moments. Representatives of Law asked for any gifts and donations to be given to the fund, for demographics aren't as important as filling the needs of the audience. Law and Order was preceded in death by ex-husband, homicide, life on the streets, and child Law and Order trial by jury. Trial by jury died as an infant from networkers' indifferences. Law and Order is survived by seven children, Law and Order Special Victims Unit, Law and Order Criminal Intent, Law and Order UK, the Russian Law and Order, two French Law and Orders, and newborn Law and Order Los Angeles. Law and Order's father, Dick Wolf, is said to be heartbroken from the death of his child. He has stolen Law's body and is believed to be taking it to the studios of Dr. Franklin TNT in hopes of raising Law and Order from the dead. Villagers are pursuing Mr. Wolf with pitchforks to try and prevent such an unholy revival. They are still shaking from the scary results of the revivals of Babylon 5 and Southland by Dr. Franklin TNT in years past. And that's the end of the obituary. Right, and I've just noticed that a resident alien... Uh, oh, unless you want, Do we want to go uh, finish the news off first before we go to... Yes. Darth Skeptical, I believe you have show news. Indeed. For those of you who love the modern uh, Doctor Who experience being taken out on the road live in a series of uh, concerts that we've already gotten so far, there's going to be a new uh, traveling stage production that's going to hit nine cities in the United Kingdom. Tickets will go on sale apparently next month if you're lucky enough to live in the UK. Um, and it's going to be something a little bit different than we've had in the past. It's not just a simple concert that's uh, uh, revealing the, the music of Murray Gold and Ben Foster. Instead, it's that uh, plus an actual stage performance that is mixed with all new material that's being filmed by Matt Smith. So somehow there's going to be an interaction between monsters on the floor. And the, and the, the show is called, by the way, Here Comes the Monsters. Um, so there's going to be live-action monsters that are going to be on the floor of the various arenas that it's going to play in. There's going to be live music. And then somehow that's going to be cut together with clips of new clips of Matt Smith that are only going to be available in the, the live arena. Um, so it's going to be kind of a fusion. Uh, it, it's a further development of what we saw last uh, 2008 uh, with the, the proms thing that where we had music of the spheres and there was definite interaction between what was going on with David Tennant and what was going on on the floor. But apparently there's going to be this grand Cyberman-Dalek battle that happens in front of you, which frankly would be worth the, the, a plane ticket to see, I think. <laughs> but exciting news if you like live Doctor Who. Thank you very much, sir. And Dave, you had uh, something from the chat. 
Yes, uh, Resident Alien was referring to that uh, from uh, BBC America. Let me just read it verbatim. Um, there's been a real stink about BBC America showing Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, if you go to the BBC America FB pe uh, Facebook page, it's full of people complaining about their showing Star Trek The Next Generation. Mixed feelings about BBC America at the moment. They are, going to, they are doing a great job with Doctor Who, but some real absurdities like Star Trek Next Generation. This is, of course, Resident Aliens' viewpoint. Uh, also, BBC America didn't know uh, of any of the British, didn't show any of the British election coverage, sticking his head with Ramsey's kitchen nightmares. And, of course, the name Resident Alien uh, refers to him being a Brit abroad in America. Alrighty. And uh, just to top it all off, I think we only have one more news item, and uh, we will turn to Mr. Tim Jury for a brief report on the goings-on at the uh, Second Life meetup, uh, the Podshock Second Life meetup yesterday. Yes, we all, we all gathered initially in the Katrina Sim, uh, one end of the Sim where there was a stage, and at which point Victor told us to head towards the water tower where there will be TARDIS tours. So we all headed towards the water tower, and he parked the TARDIS just beyond it. And everyone goes, it's not at the water tower. So we get in the TARDIS, and um, those of us that were there will um, testify that it was like the doctor was at the controls because we kept going to the wrong places. <laughs> but I think that added to the fun. Um, so we had, we had just over an hour of that, and then there was a bit of time for people to hang out, and then we had um, ooh, over two hours' worth of very good music from the DJ. Very, very good music. And, um, well, if, if like me and a lot of people listening, you're a fan of Doctor Who podcasts, there were several people there who you'd normally just hear and not be able to interact with. So Terry Lightfoot was there from Dirty Whoers, and uh, Ian and Dave were there, and I was there, and goodness knows how many podcasters. Lewis was there, but no one else from Podshock. It was a bit underpopulated on the Podshock front. I think there were over th 50 there at one point, wasn't there? I mean, Victor yes, said that it they, was, some Even the people with fast computers were starting to struggle. But, um, well, we'll post some uh, pictures in chat and get on with the rest of the show, why don't we? Okay, and speaking of which, Dave, would you lower the cone? Control, new agent training program, section 3.5, the cone of silence. To activate, simply lower the cone and speak clearly. What? Do not overuse the cone of silence. What? Do not shout in the cone of silence. What? In fact, don't even use the cone of silence. What? It's never worked right. I don't know why we bought it in the first place. The portable cone of silence. What? All right, and under the cone today, I voted for Saxon. No, that's their name, not the statement. Uh, Nathead. Of course, Resident Alien. Thank you very much for the news. Tim Jury, you're in two places at once again. Uh, well, which, uh, which, which, one's, the, which one's the dream? That's <laughs> uh, two. Yes. All right, and also joining us are guest ten, guest eleven, and guest twelve. Were you pregnant a minute ago? Yeah. Oh, this one must be real. Yeah. No, I just swallowed the planet. There you go. <laughs> All right, it's time to move on to the main part of our show, reviewing Amy's Choice. Roll that footage, Dave. And it's spoilers from here on, folks. Episode 7, Amy's Choice, Doctor Who. And here's a clip to get us going. Rory! 
False alarm. Mm. What? Well, I don't know what it feels like. I've never had a baby before. Mm. 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 Oh. No. I know. Leaf blowers. Use a rake. No, it's... Okay, um, just to get people prepared, I'm going to try and go in reverse order to the people who, who spoke last time. So uh, I'm going to go first, then ask Ian, and then just so they know if uh, if Mike, Tim and Charlie, in that order, are ready to come uh, and speak forward. Um, let me go first then for once. Um, I, I was talking to my son earlier today, and uh, I didn't know how, he hadn't seen it, and I didn't know how to describe it in such a way that wouldn't spoil it. Uh, I didn't know whether to call it uh, a bottle episode, uh, certainly a clever episode. It's certainly an episode that could almost be taken out and watched independently, so perhaps it may well be one of these episodes that if you were trying to reduce, um, introduce somebody to Matt Smith, this might be a good one to introduce them to because you don't have to have watched earlier episodes in the in the series, uh, our later ones, it's a standout one. And my one clever thought for the day, and since I'm going first, I'm saying it first, was it a homage to Edge of Destruction? But that's for mm. one for watch the classic shows. Um, I thought it was, I think clever was the, the word that keeps coming back on my lips. Uh, as I was doing some of the audio clips, there were a lot more little, uh, clever little speeches in it. And um, I couldn't fault it. Usually when you do all these sound editing things, you notice inconsistencies where, you know, the writers left something hanging. But in actual fact, uh, every little thing that I thought on first watching, uh, there's, there's the clue there. The red herring are a clue there. And um, I, I really enjoyed it. Another longer episode, of course. I think this one was around 45 minutes. Uh, it stands as a standalone episode. I think it's one of these that I'm sort of put down as a good, but I think uh, having watched it uh, one and a half times and did the audio, I think it's one that's going to grow on me. But it's a standalone episode, and yeah, uh, my one word summary is clever. So I'll keep it brief because we've got uh, we've got about an hour and a half show today. We're already. 20 minutes in because Podshot follows at 4.30. So, Ian, and then we'll go to Mike, Tim, Charlie. Alrighty then. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree with you there, Dave. It's not one of them jumping up and down and going, oh, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, there were there were parts of it where, like you said, you were looking for those little flaws. You were kind of like waiting to, to see if you could be the first to guess which one was the dream and which one was uh, reality. And of course, you know, spoiler, of course, the uh, they were both dreams. Um, but yeah, that was that was the neat part. Uh, and I, I mean, I'd like to see Simon Nyride again because that was, I think it was well crafted and well put together. I, I don't know. It, you're right. It's a, a standalone thing. It doesn't kind of add to anything uh, in the in the whole uh, story arc. But it's just that nice little time out, but it it helps sort out some of the relationship uh, issues. And it puts a, a different spin on, on the, the Doctor. I mean, you, you get, in a way, you get to actually see a little more inside what's going on in his head, or, you know, psyche. Uh, 
again, I, I, I love Rory. Rory is fabulous, great character. I hope he stays in the TARDIS with them all the time because I think he's just great. But and as I said last week, I'm like, you could get rid of Amy. <laughs> Ask me. I'd rather just have Rory because I find him far more interesting than than Amy has been so far. Because to me, he's been well put together and seems very very real as a as a character, especially in this episode because he's quite obvious in his choices you know he wants that nice life because he really does love Amy and it shows through and uh, but some of his inter- the interplay he has with the Doctor is really really nice too um, yeah it was a good good all round episode um, nothing I could really fault uh, I mean it, it, do you think it's it anything Sorry? Do, you think it, well, do you think it was one of the cheaper episodes? Yes, I think so, because they, they, they managed to do everything pretty much on uh, location and within the, the, the console room. Uh, so that allowed them to just kind of camp out at that one location and do all that stuff, because it was all mainly exterior. Uh, and th- they only had a few bits of CGI, which some of it was good. The, the mailman getting... Uh, Turned to dust was fine, but the part with Rory um, slowly disintegrating was uh, a bit off. Uh, especially if you look towards his legs and everything, you could actually see the didn't look quite real. But apart from that, it was it was great, and it uh, it was a nice bit, little bit of a character piece between the three of them, you know. And uh, and of course the the Dream Lord, he was quite quirky and funny and threatening in a, in a short and comical way. Uh, one thing I did notice, and I'll finish on this, uh, and I don't know what it quite means, but uh, the second time that they arrive in Led, Upper Ledworth, the Doctor actually checks his uh, his uh, braces, his suspenders, because if some of you hadn't, haven't noticed, uh, if they... <sighs> My words aren't coming out quite right today. <laughs> uh, w- when the time tunnel before in the pre- in the Russell T Davies era, you know, you could tell which way they were going. Uh, it's been pointed out to me that uh, depending on what color his bow tie and braces are, tells you, you know, whether it's uh, in the future. past or in the future. Right. And if you notice when they're in the TARDIS, in what is the present, they are red, and when they're in Ledworth, they're blue. So right. that's that's all for me because I'm just stumbling around today. It's it's not been a good <laughs> good day to get uh, to get things organized. I had some technical issues at the beginning, so I apologize for the mess that this show is this morning. Okay, well I'll I'll play another short clip and then we'll go to uh, Mike. You swallowed a planet. I'm pregnant. You're huge. Yeah, I'm pregnant. Look at you when worlds collide. Oh, sir, I'm pregnant. Oh, look at you both five years oh. later, and you haven't changed a bit apart from age and size. Oh, it's good to see you, Doctor. Ah, Ledworth. Vibrant as ever. It's up a Ledworth, actually. We've gone slightly upmarket. Where is everyone? This is busy. Okay, uh, let's go to uh, Mike. Mike? Yeah, I I enjoyed this episode. It was one that kept me 
guessing from beginning to ge- from beginning to the end, and I I like how they didn't take 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 the easy way out and have the the reality of the of the TARDIS orbiting the cold stars the as the actual reality and have there be like, you know a third thing going on. Uh, I I can't remember the name of the actor who played the the Dream Lord, but he was he was excellent as that character. Uh, uh, Toby Jones. Toby Jones, yes, he was excellent as that character. I thought from throughout the episode. We have po- uh, points there for Dave. <laughs> no, no. Well, Bruce, I think just about. Oh, okay, got, okay. But, yeah, yeah, Logan and uh, D- Darth right before him. Okay. I'll yeah. take the points then. <laughs> yeah, was, I also liked the the aliens and and the the Ludworth, the, the Upper Ludworth town. They were they were well creepy. Um, I I I'm agreeing with with Ian there that I, I I'm that I still like Rory as a character. I like having him part of the part of the group of main characters, and so it's, it's not just focusing on the Doctor and Amy. It's Rory as a as a the third person there. I I like that dynamic that, that character dynamic. It it really works. Um, I also liked how this episode ended ended up being one that did not focus entirely on Amy as a character and ended up focusing on uh, the Doctor there at the end, commenting on his character and something that might be a continuing plot point or might... And I apologize for that in the background. Uh, But um, something that that may or may not be a continuing plot point with the Doctor in the back uh, going on, that his darkness and the fact that we saw his reflection in in the TARDIS console at the end. Something might come from that, something not. Of course, there's been a lot of talk about that might be the beginning of the Valyard, which right. remember from Trial of the Time Lord. This Can I just be... ask, Mike, it Go showed on. his reflection twice. The first time yeah, we did. see that day. Did the second the time, Lord. was it back to... Yeah, I know, but was the second time yes. it gone back to his own face? Yes. Right, okay. And just the only other thing to, uh, to say is that, well... Yeah, that's that pretty much it was a good bottle episode I like this was uh, Edge of Destruction and The Mind Robber are the two stories in the classic series that I can think of that took place entirely in the TARDIS well pretty much the characters didn't actually leave the TARDIS but well it was a great episode I enjoyed it a great bottle episode and I can't wait to see where this where the series goes from here I give this one a four the birds are chirp uh, no Okay, four point five. The birds are now chirping out of five. Four, mm-hmm. four cheap out of five. Okay, right. Thank you very much for that. Well, we'll uh, play another little clip, and then we'll go to Charlie, followed by not Darth but Liam. Well, I wanted to see how you were. You know me. I don't just abandon people when they leave the TARDIS. What do you do around here to stave off the, you know, self harm? We live. We listen to the birds. Yeah, see? Birds. They're nice. We didn't get a lot of time to listen to birds song back in the TARDIS days, did we? Oh, blimey, my head's a bit... Ooh. Uh, no, you're right. There wasn't a lot of time for birds song back in the good. Old. Oh, thank God I had a terrible nightmare about you two. Blimey. Never dropped off like that before. Well, never, really. I'm getting on a bit, you see. Don't let the cool gear fool you. 
Okay, sorry, I don't know if I said that correctly, but Tim and Charlie. Go on, Tim. Well, I have another piece of paper again, but not as much written on it as last week. Um, you heard a great example of what I call Torchwood-style music there, particularly the sort of keyboardy bit. <laughs> and there's certain other, there were certain other signature things that were slightly tortured and slightly lost in the music where at uh, some points where they want to indicate mystery, there's this great bit of sliding brass and you hear, <laughs> I can't do it as well as the actual brass instruments, but you get the general idea. Um, I, I wrote down when I rewatched it earlier this afternoon, the doc's childlike attitude to, pre to pregnancy and the fact but it may simply be that he's ignoring or trying not to mention that she's pregnant because she keeps saying, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant, and eventually he goes, oh, are you pregnant? <laughs> um, I, I like the, the moment they come out of Ledworth and appear in the TARDIS, and then quite subtly Amy walks around the back of Rory's head as if to check whether the ponytail's still there. <laughs> I thought that was quite a nice moment. Um... They, 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 they had they had a line that works really well in the episode and is a trailer moment as well. Uh, that the the, um, the doctor saying this is going to be a tricky one, which I thought was a nice point. But um, uh, someone give an award to the lighting people because the the people that do the lighting and the DOP were excelling themselves this week because they there was this I noticed right at the beginning particularly they'd, they'd, they'd given the, the, the upper lid with a kind of musty feel almost soft focus and when you go back to the TARDIS everything's sharp focus and when they lose the power all the light goes but what light they've used is really minimal and kind of like indicates stuff really well um, uh, yep. I was kind of annoyed by the ending because it was a bit too resolved for me because they'd kept up this mystery throughout of who the Dream Lord was and I think they should have left it open because then we in the audience can decide who he is or we can just have him as the master because I, I was watching it and I thought that that's how the master should be because there's some of the moments in the John Sims era of the Master have certainly annoyed some people, and the the um, the way Toby was playing that character that that was it, it reminded particularly the charming side of him. It was very Roger Delgado Master the way he kind of like wind the Doctor up, but not really get really nasty with him, just pick at him a bit. Um, right, and you thought Master rather than. The 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 hint towards the Valyard. Uh, let's leave the Valyard alone, shall we? But I mean, the two are equal <laughs> theories. One would have thought. I was mm. I was thinking Black Guardian. <laughs> ah, right. Yeah. Ah, the Celestial Toymaker, sort of uh, having a bit of a a laugh. Anyway, uh, go on, Tim. I'll put you off your stride. I'm sorry. Well, there's only a couple more things I wrote down. The um. The moment where um, Amy's cut cut holes in the the sheets and made um, I can't oh, remember no. the name of the garment now ponchos. ponchos. Yeah. So um, 
Someone, someone's going to stick this on a T-shirt eventually because it does say "Let's Die" looking like a Peruvian folk band. <laughs> <laughs> that can either be on a T-shirt or, or better still, on a poncho. And um, we 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 um oh, there's two other things to mention. One is the um, a- Amy's cry of "Can we not do the running thing?" Which is a nice reflection of lines that's been many times over Doctor Who where people reference corridors or running and they're so fed up with it. <laughs> they're always doing that. Um, I, I, the, the, the list of um, what the Dream Lord calls tawdry quirks were quite nice. And he, he goes through the Doctor's outfit and then he even does this kind of sideways nod to K-9 because he says, yeah. I also wonder you haven't got a purple space dog. <laughs> and I thought yeah. that's, a, that's a nod to all of us that like canine. That, but uh, on the whole, a good one. And um, nobody, nobody's put a rating in yet, so I'll do one quickly and I'll say four out of five. But not an episode for everyone. This one, because um, particularly when I was doing my show last night, it was turning a lot of people off. It was confusing people. But right. but a good one. It's a good character-based one. It's good stuff that Doctor Who can do now and again, and then next week we'll go back into something more action-packed. Okay, yeah, I do. Uh, I think actually, uh, um, Mike uh, gave his rating at four and a half. I, I would think uh, it's more like a three and a half. But yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to play another clip. Thank you for that, and then we'll go to Charlie. Never use force. You just embarrass yourself. Electro cross. In which case. Always useful. So I want to get the manual. I threw it in a supernova. You threw the manual in a supernova? Why? Because I disagree with it. Stop talking to me when I'm cross. Okay, but whatever's wrong with the TARDIS, is that what caused us to dream about the future? Well, if we were dreaming of the future... Well, of course we were. We were in Ledworth. Upper Ledworth. Yeah, and we could still be in Upper Ledworth dreaming of this. Don't you get it? No. Okay? No, this is real. I'm definitely awake. Yeah, and you thought you were definitely awake when you're all elephanty. Hey. Pregnant, and you could be giving birth right now. This could be the dream. I told you, trust nothing we see or hear or feel. Look around you, examine everything. Look for all the details that don't ring true. Okay, well, we're in a spaceship that's bigger on the inside than the outside. With a both high wearing alien. So maybe what rings true isn't so simple. Bad point. Uh, I wondered whether, when I heard that line, I wondered whether Stephen had added those extra lines in it. But um, we'll go to Charlie, and then it will be Liam followed by Darth. So, Charlie. Um, yeah, I, I uh, like this one. Um, it was a very um, long opening, so about five minutes before the opening title started, and um, I like how they just they set up the whole the, the whole concept and the whole episode and the effect of, uh, of uh, you know, the whole dream world, which, which world is which, and then, uh, you know, and the title started, and, um, yeah, it's just, it just, you know, uh, yeah, I, you know, it's one of those things where you, 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 my mind goes, well, maybe this one's real, maybe this one's real, maybe the, and I, I think maybe for a second I thought maybe they're both not real, but it just, it just, it keeps on going, and, and um, yeah, and just, you know, um, I think uh, deep down, maybe in, in some some part of my psyche, I am kind of scared of old old people. Um, but <laughs> but I just, I just, you know, I just, it just. Uh, and uh, you know the whole idea, you know, Rory's got the ponytail, Amy's pregnant, and um, just and um, anyway, I liked um, 
you know, you know, with 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 uh, the Dream Lord, how he, he um, and he's, every time they're in the dream, he you know, he's, he's, he's he changes clothes like he's he's in a butcher shop. He's dressed like a butcher. And he's and you know, he's, he's you know, now that's you know the whole uh, attack of the old people. <laughs> this must be the dream. I just and now, um, you stop saying that. I keep thinking Ian's going to say. Well, you know, Dave, you can now go to a convention without makeup. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I wasn't thinking Well, you saved me, me the trouble now. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, like, I also like that bit when, you know, when, they woke, when they wake up again in the old folks' home and uh, the doctor uh, has that sweater on. And there's part of me that thought, actually thought, I wish he had he kept that sweater on throughout the, the rest of the episode because I thought, oh, that's a nice uh, touch of him. Um, yeah, I just ended rumbling. I, I overall, yeah, I like this one. Um, I'd probably give it, uh, I'll give four and a half specs of psychic pollen on five. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Right here. Well, I'll play another clip. Oh, just, before you, oh, just before you do that, though, uh, Mike put a, a nice little uh, uh, link in the chat uh, to. Uh, when the doctor goes into the black box thing to get a little toolkit thing, there's actually a plaque on it, um, which I think is really, really kind of cute. And they put a lot of a lot of detail in this that doesn't get seen. So if you go to around, uh, depending on your your copy, it's uh, trying to get the timestamp on this, but I can't find it. Anyway, it's uh, when the, when the doctor's. Uh, going into the, the toolkit underneath the, the console room. Uh, it says on it, TARDIS, time and relative dimensions in space, build site, Gallifrey, black hole shipyard, type 40, build date, and here's the cute part, 1963. Ooh, that's, that's the end joke. <laughs> yep, authorized for use by qualified time lords only by the Shadow Proclamation. Now, the, the rest of the type is very, very hard to read. I haven't been able to uh, well, perhaps if Mike Mr. studied it and put the link in, Mike, have you got a better idea of what that says at the bottom? Yeah, that, sorry, uh, I was ahead. reading around a Galfrey base where I got that screenshot, and somebody. Okay. The rest of it says, in its entirety, it says TARDIS, time and relative dimension in space, build site Galfrey, black hole shipyard, type 40, build date 1963, authorized for use by qualified Time Lords only by the Shadow Proclamation. Misuse or theft of any TARDIS will result in extreme penalties or possible exile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad it. you read that. That is good. <laughs> Thank you, Art Department. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was lovely. Great. Excellent. Okay. And, oh, what was the timestamp on it? Was that 16 minutes? 16 minutes, seconds? 44 seconds in. Okay. Brilliant. Thank you for that, both guys. Yes. Here we go. It's dead. We're in a dead time machine. Remember, this is real. But when we wake up in the other place, remember how real this feels. It is real. I know it's real. Okay, this is the real one. Definitely this one. It's all solid. It felt solid in the TARDIS, too. You can't spot a dream while you're having it. Hello, Doctor. Hello. Hi. You're a doctor? Yeah. And unlike you, I've actually passed some exams. A doctor, not a nurse. Just like you've always dreamed. 
How interesting. What is? Well, your dream wife, your dream job, probably your dream baby. Maybe this is your dream. Yeah, dream job. I'd like a dream job. But nevertheless, here we go with Jumpy Ghostface. Hi, Liam. Hello. Hello. Um, right off the bat, there was one thing at the very end that I did not understand. If, okay. If, well, I think it might be representing, like, the dark side of the doctor and how... He can be that way sometimes, but I didn't quite understand the reflection at the end of the Dream Lord. Well, uh, I think the thing was that once it had blown that dust out of the TARDIS, the idea was everybody's relieved and think that's the end of that. But it's supposed to show that that had only brought this part of the Doctor out. That was still oh. in there and the Doctor was still aware that he had a dark side. And there's been a long tradition in Doctor Who that what might be the last of his um, incarnations, the last, the 13th, you know, after 12 regenerations, the 13th person might, might possibly be an evil version. And, and that's just haunting him slightly. And I think that's what it's trying to get over, that perhaps this might come back. It may well be that they're just doing it so they could have that character come back in in the next series next year mm. so that might be they might have done it for reasons just so they can bring him back yeah and um i thought it was an okay episode um but not the scariest one of course don't you don't really take it from me because not many things scare me apart from bugs and your dad? Oh, yes. Yeah. Arachnids. And... And moths and flies. And no. Beetles. Mainly just arachnids. <laughs> just giving you grief. <laughs> so what was your favorite part? Well, I didn't really have a favorite, but for... Uh, I don't really know, but I didn't... I thought that it would be really sort of a really clever twist. I don't know how they'd make it out if, like, let's say Rory had died in the TARDIS first. Or if they had a fourth person come along and that person died in the TARDIS first. Mm. Then how would that change the episode? All right. And uh, I, I know something you did enjoy that we had what? a good laugh about after when we were watching The Confidential. Rory's yeah. nose. Yeah, he always refers to him as the little... <laughs> he does the motion with the <laughs> pointy yeah. nose. Yes. I thought that hat... Yeah, I thought the hat he was wearing the confession was scary. It was scarier <laughs> than his uh, ponytail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for those of you who saw the confidential, I liked Amy's little, um... little bump dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she said she 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 was uh, found herself stroking her tummy, didn't she? Absent-mindedly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think that was part of the script. I think that was just mentally. Now, now we're wondering if 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 uh, Megan is gonna gonna yeah. come up with a bump dance. We told her she has to come up with one now, a bump dance. Well, I hope yeah. you don't say. Uh, have you swallowed a planet, near Megan? Yeah. Uh, 
Actually, now that you put that idea into Liam's head, <laughs> I can see that one coming out at dinner time. <laughs> Any ideas that go into my head? They go through a little pile in my mind. It's either labeled under violence, humiliation, or fun. The other ones don't make it through. Any of the things did you like? I mean, did you like the idea of a, a sun that burnt cold? Or, or the way they made the TARDIS? I thought the, the the way they covered the TARDIS in ice looked really effective. Yeah. Um, but I'm surprised that the Doctor didn't know that there were stars that burned cold. Because there are. Well, there are stars that have, have burnt up, uh, so that they're now basically just... Um, you know, leftover shells, brown dwarfs or something, I think they're called. But, yeah, yeah, dwarf stars. Well, I mean, I, th- I think the reason for that line is to to, to make it so... It? Yeah. To, to make it to so tell. that... Yeah, so you can't tell. Like, the, the doctor says, I don't know everything. You know, you can't expect to know everything. And so, because... But the fourth, yeah. but the fourth grader knows it. <laughs> but the... Jillion, trillion something year old Time Lord doesn't. <laughs> well, he mentions his age uh, again, doesn't he? He makes it 107. Howley's just put it in text. Thanks, Howley. Okay, uh, uh, any more comments? I mean, did you like it as an episode? And, uh, and yeah. then. And okay. I think that they've been spending a few. um, two, Like a little more than they should using episodes to go along with Amy and Rory's relationship. Yes. Uh, so I think I, everyone I, that's Rory's been in, it's been about that. Hopefully now that is now settled. They're a couple and they're yeah, traveling with the Doctor. Ended. So, yeah, well done. I think you're spot on with that. Okay, uh, do you want to say how many dreams out of ten are? How many birds out of ten? Okay. Let's see... Um, let's say about, let's see, what would be 8 out of 10 on your chart? 4 out of 5. Okay, then. There you go. Okay, thanks for that. Right, I'll play another little clip, and then we'll go to Darth. What's that? Old people's home. You said everyone here lives to their 90s. There's something that doesn't make sense. Let's go and poke it with a stick. Can we not do the running thing? Oh, hello, Dr. Williams. Hello, Rory, no. Hello, Miss Poggett. How's your hip? A bit stiff. Who's your friend? A junior doctor? Yes. Can I borrow you? You're the size of my grandson. Ah. Uh. Slightly keen to move on. Free psychic schism to sort out. You're incredibly old, aren't you? I, I love the way that Rory says, uh, you know, confirms that he's the junior doctor. Yes. <laughs> anyway, to Darth. Well, uh, I think I'll start out by a little bit of behind-the-scenes trivia, because this is actually an important kind of story for those of you who follow the credits. This is the first episode of BBC Wales Doctor Who that was not production designed by Ed Thomas. Um, instead, we get uh, Tristan Peepfield this time around, uh, who 
hasn't really been that present in the art department of uh, BBC Wales because he has mostly been working on the bill um, for the past six or seven years as their production designer. Uh, but he had done some set direction and some other sort of relatively more minor stuff in the art department at Doctor Who occasionally since The Runaway Bride. So it's it's I was totally shocked to find that Ed Thomas's name was not on this episode at all. And indeed, as we were talking about before, the, uh, the little uh, plaque. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I was going to say he was responsible for the little plaque we were talking about, but that's not true. Ed Thomas, I believe, talked about that at one point. Um, so that's well before this, but still. Um, interesting that we have a different production designer, and of course the the cinematography keeps getting or, or maintains its level. I love that we are now in an era where it's not the saturated reds and yellows that Phil Collinson used to make his uh, people move towards, and you get this wonderful, you know, bleached out effect that's just lovely to, to look at in the same way that we got last week, and to an extent, uh, a lesser extent, the week a week or two before that. So. It's lovely to me that we are looking at a visual palette that is not so freaking Smallville. Um, and it's interesting, too, because Eric Wilson, who's a first-time cinematographer, as I've said before, we're getting basically a cinematographer a week this season, um, is the first person who has moved up from the ranks in uh, the BBC Wales production team. Uh, he started out back in, in the end of season three as uh, a second-unit camera operator, and it's a natural development path for cinematographers that they start out as camera operators and then move up to cinematography. And uh, this is the first time that it's happened. Now, Roy Taylor, who was one of the major cinematographers of the RTD era, um, occasionally went back to be a camera operator for Ernie Vincennes, the other uh, cinematographer. But Eric Wilson's the first guy who... You can clearly see started out at one position and moved up to be director of photography. So that that's really good to see that um, you're, you're getting career development now in the uh, Doctor Who production team. So good stuff there. Um, none of that has anything to do with the story exactly, but <laughs> no, uh, I, I, st- I still love that sort of thing. Um, the story itself. I'm sorry. I think it's freaking brilliant. I don't. I, I don't have any kind of guarded sort of oh. Maybe this was okay. Maybe it wasn't connected to other stuff. I think it's totally connected to other stuff. I absolutely don't think that you could show this to somebody as a standalone episode because you you require the the emotional development arc of Amy and, and Roy to understand how she's gotten to this point. And for me, for the very first time, I'm totally on board with Amy. I, I get her. I, I think that it's been... It's now a validation of all the sort of reservations that I was having for the first six weeks. Um, and I'm like, all right, I get this chick. And, and yes, she is, she's awesome. Can, um, can I just interrupt mm, there then? How, yeah. how, how long did it take you to, if you did, that is, finally like, you know, the, diff, the, the earlier companions, I mean, in the recent series, I mean, oh. how long did it take you to get the others? Much, much more quickly. I mean, right. Catherine Tate, I got from Runaway Bride. Martha, clearly, I got from the still unsurpassed um, Smith and Smith Jones. And Jones. Um, Rose, I mean, I liked her. Uh, I don't know. It, it's hard. It's hard because I've seen those episodes so many times that um, I, I mean, I, I remember liking her to start with, but not nearly so much as like Martha. To me, that was the best introduction of any companion ever in the history of Doctor Who. Um, and 
Catherine Tate was, you know, she we didn't know that she was going to be a companion, um, it, but she's certainly the best of the one one-off companions in Runaway Bride. Um, and then when she came back, I was like, oh, this is still good. And, you know, the development was great. Um, Amy has been a very slow burn. And I think this episode points out something that's really interesting about this season. It's very hard, I think, uh, to talk about these episodes in isolation because it is like a snowball that's building. And it's not just one thing. It's not just Saxon. It's not just, you know... uh, Porchwood, it's not just Bad Wolf. It, it's a variety of things, and as they're accumulating speed, you're like more and more involved in it, and it's a very interesting way to set up a series. Um, and, you know, my I started out with reservations, and I'm like, oh, this is just getting better as we go through. So, I, I don't think that you can take this episode out of in, in isolation and have it have nearly the same emotional impact. I find myself near tears at points in this episode. Um, when Amy finally makes her choice, I was like, I was gone. Um, and that's happened to me occasionally in the past, but this was, this was, it had a tremendous emotional impact on me. Um, and it, and it was also incredibly funny. Um, yeah. Can I just again sorry. interrupt? Sorry. Uh, I mean, I think it worked well with, with Rory's, uh, supposed passing away because he hadn't really been established as a full companion so it was quite mm-hmm. conceivable that we were going to lose him and that was going to be the end of him um, so mm-hmm. that did make it more poignant and uh, I think they, they handled that well I don't really think anybody before you has actually put down this episode I think there's quite rightly some people well not quite rightly some people as you mentioned have perhaps been more lukewarm towards it but I think it's been a mainly positive response if not that's a similar to yourself that that's true i mean it has been positive but I, I mean i think it deserves more than just mere positivity i mean i think this is in the same way that i think uh the weeping angels two-parter was maybe the best two-parter maybe well almost uh or, or certainly deserves to be discussed as one of the best two-parters of the bbc wales era i think that this thing deserves to be talked about in the same way as blink um, and Midnight as one of the best one-parters out there. Um, right. uh, can, can I ask... Um, sorry. I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry to interrupt because mm-hmm. you're doing so well. Uh, well, you always do uh-huh. well, but I mean, <laughs> I, I made a slight reference to um, was it a homage to Edge of Destruction? Is that something that came to your mind? Well, it's interesting because I was going to move on to homages and the, the whole way through, uh, the vibe that I got was not Edge of Destruction, though I can certainly understand that. Um, but rather the uh, first Doctor Who magazine 8th Doctor comic strip called Endgame. Uh, and I, the entire time through, I totally thought that was a Celestial Toy Maker. I didn't get a master vibe, and I was like, please let it be the Celestial Toy Maker, please. <laughs> I, I mentioned the Toy Master, yeah. Sorry. And, 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 when, and when it wasn't, I was like, oh, that's too bad. But then the explanation was like, oh, okay, well, it's not Celestial Toy Maker, but it's a Freudian exploration of the Doctor. So that's incredibly cool, too, that in the midst of this highly comedic episode, and, and at times I thought genuinely frightening. I mean, this is one of the few uh, episodes of BBC Wales Doctor Who where there was a point where I was like, oh, that's not good. Yeah. Um, I thought it was more frightening than the Angels, actually. Yeah, kind of. Uh, kind of so. Uh, it certainly is in that same league, um, but I, 
I really got this this heavy vibe because in, in that in game, um, it's basically the Eighth Doctor basically comes to Stockbridge and uh, you know one of the, the the haunts of the Fifth Doctor, and uh, it's the same thing of a small town where things are getting displaced out of reality, and he has to you know kind of figure out what's real, what's not real, and save the town. And I was like, oh, this is where it's going, and that's great with me. And didn't quite go there, but it's still you know I I still like and respect what the actual resolution was that it is the doctor that's interesting in and of itself um but just i mean it sails so close to parody at points in this episode but yet it's not and it it's very just clever clever stuff like you said that's the the catch word of the the episode very clever but how close it comes at several points to being maudlin at several points to being parody but yet never crosses that line and instead remains an episode that is fully coherent. Everything is explained. Everything's tied together. Um, just gorgeous in terms of its construction. And as Ian said, I really do want Simon and I to come back if he's got something else oh, yeah. like this was... up his sleeve. Sorry, Ian. Yeah, no, no, that's great. I mean, because like I said in, in the opening it was one of those ones where you're you're sitting there going, okay, which one's the dream? Which one's the dream? And from to flip it around like that, and then like you said that that. Oh, yeah. Sorry. we've lost. Well, we appear to have lost well, him. Right, just finish off your bit then, uh, oh. Darth. Yeah, uh, and uh, then he comes back in. Yeah, uh, and. I also really enjoyed the confidential that went with this one because it was really, truly on point as a full hour or however long it was of being nothing but behind-the-scenes stuff. And I thought it worked really well to have Arthur Darville doing the narration on it or doing the, the you know, whatever, the, the hosting of it. Um, just And especially, you know, the whole rapport of the... Uh, of Arthur Darvill and Matt Smith being brought to the fore and how <laughs> Arthur Darvill didn't know that in previous episodes Matt Smith had been, you know, mimicking the size of his nose. Um, <laughs> just, just great little gems throughout that, that uh, confidential that made it this lovely balance of being, uh, you know, entertaining, just sheer comedy, and at the same time giving you some really interesting uh, highlights of how they actually put the the show together, and especially you know, especially how they created the the wintry look of the TARDIS on the interior, and the uh, the stunt performers, Crispin Layfield coming up again, which is always good to see him in an episode. Um, mm. So the entire package of both things together this week made this a very satisfying week of Doctor Who for me. Good, yeah. I mean, Ian mentioned that he thought the uh, the effect of the uh, Rory uh, changing to dust wasn't that good but I've, uh, he's probably watching the high definition version I've, I've got a feeling they were at least passable uh, uh, it was on the SD thing. version oh you're back yeah oh, was it, it was right? on the SD version that I, that I noticed and it was just a foot it just right. uh, I don't know where that, whether that was the, the, the starting point but that's the problem with me I'm too damn picky I mean it, it didn't take it away from anything but because I know that other people when they're watching it not that people aren't um watching closely but I just tend to look for those kind of things and yeah. yeah I just noticed especially around the foot area it was just that and the weather as far as the green screen effect or whatever but yeah the foot didn't look quite real 
when the whole effect started. But the the effect was nice. I mean, bits of him just kind of crumbling away. And but it was better realized, I think, with the postman when he just gets hit and just. Whoosh. Yeah. It was yeah. Just really uh, well and done. of course, it allowed them to uh, cheat in a little bit at the disappearance of the children because they didn't have to do a special effect there. I mean, one minute no. the children were there. A second, there was just all these uh, little piles. Oh, so be careful, Ian. We'll look for a little pile in the bedroom. Yeah, well, there's lots of piles in the bedroom. Okay, Yeah, go ahead, Dave. Did you finish up? Uh, up? Oh, yeah. Um, and, and again, we get another new director this time around, and, and she was fabulous. I don't think you can really fault the direction in this. It wasn't maybe as eye-catching as what we got with Johnny Campbell or... Uh, um, Catherine Moore's head or something. Right, yeah. right. Or Andy, uh, oh hell, Smith. But, I mean, still, it was, it, I am all for getting as many new writers, as many new cinematographers, as many new people in. And I think I think it's helping this, this season to look and feel different than what has gone before. And, you know, she didn't drop the ball. So... That's all I really care about. So for me, I mean, for the the total experience of both things together, I mean, it's a total five. But even even just the episode itself alone, again, I think it is absolutely one of the the strongest episodes since two thousand five. Yeah, I think it will grow on me this episode because there was so much uh, repeating myself again. There was so much clever writing in it, and uh, there's no wastage either. Every every line right. that you might think is a low throwaway line actually comes back later in the episode to be a relevant point so I, I really think it's going to be quite connected I, I don't think that there's any question of it being just uh, you know an isolated standalone thing that like maybe Love and Monsters was um, or Fear Her or something like that I mean I think that this is actually the linchpin of the series and yeah. I think as we get to 13 we're going to go back to this and say wow that was really quite important the only phrase that I was pondering out was very early in the story. It was the when worlds collide when he's talking about Amy being pregnant. Now there's a <laughs> science fiction film call when or a book call that, but I wonder yeah. whether it was it was just a homage to that or something that might turn up in the series. I I think it's just a fancy way of saying they had sex. Right. Oh, well, there you are, you see. I'm dumb. I'm, I'm glad you're there to teach me, if nobody else. Okay, thanks for that. Um, uh, yep. Right, I'll, I'll play another clip. We we haven't got Logan on uh, audio because he's had to uh, drop off to do duties, but we're going to Howley T and then Rowan. I'm sorry you're last, but I do try and reverse the order from week to week. So he reverses the clip. polarity of the neutron flow. Exactly. Put a boom. How did you get into my TARDIS? What are you? What should we call me? Well, if you're the Time Lord, let's call me the Dream Lord. Interesting. I'd have to be impressed, but uh, Dream Lord, it's in the name, isn't it? Spooky. Not quite there. I get very much here. I'll do the talking, thank you. Amy, I want to take a guess at what that is. Um, Dream Lord, he creates dreams. Dreams, delusions, cheap tricks. And what about the gooseberry here? Does he get a guess? Uh, listen, mate, if anyone's the gooseberry round here, it's the doctor. Oh, well, there's a delusion I'm not responsible for. No, he is. Isn't he, Amy? Oh, Amy. You'd have to sort your men out. Choose, even. I have chosen. Of course, I've chosen. 
you, stupid. <laughs> and it's not you, stupid, it's Howley T. <laughs> Hello, can you hear me all right? Uh, yep, fine. Um, yeah, I personally, I really love this episode out of all the ones in the new series. I, I, I would go as far as to say, I think it's probably been my favourite so far. I say so far because obviously, you know, we don't know what's coming next. But then just to add in some of the opinions I have seen, a couple of my friends have said that they disliked it. I know no one in here has particularly actively disliked it, but I've seen people who did who said it didn't go anywhere, it didn't, you know, develop the characters or anything. I thought, you know, add that into if anyone's interested. Personally, I thought it was good. Good. Um, what else was I going to say? I had lots of things in my head to say, and it's just total mind blank. <laughs> uh, God. What happened? Um, I... Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I I liked the idea at the start. If you hadn't seen the um, you know, the coming next week, then you could have thought that possibly the dream in Ledworth could have been real. You know, and, and Rory had got off and been happy, and the Doctor had gone, "Oh yeah, no, I'm coming back to visit." And he got lost. And yes, yes, actually, I did get lost. But the idea that perhaps you know they'd sort of they'd all gone off and had their adventures, and maybe this was something else in the different, you know time zone that maybe they'd done that and this was going to be a new <laughs> a new layer to it like you know amy and rory are living off happily doctor goes away and then goes well actually no i need you to come back again which could have been interesting obviously that was the dream um i liked how the doctors become more alien in this very sort of you know all happy meets amy and rory and he goes oh have you swallowed a planet and you think oh he's just making a joke and then it's just as they're about to turn he goes are you pregnant then like he's not noticed and Maybe he actually did mean that. It wasn't a joke. That was him being a, being an alien and going, oh, why are you well, gone? Why have you got all big and lumpy? When, when I first heard that, I thought, that's where an advert break is, and they're just reminding people, you know, although the the, the bump is obviously there, but, um, yeah, I take the point. Yeah, I just I liked that, and, you know, later on when, they, when she sort of pretend she's about to have it and Rory looks frightened but the doctor's response was just wonderful where he kind of crouches down and holds his hands out so it's going to catch it <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was quite good <laughs> it made me laugh anyway, um, I liked how they've kind of made Ledworth appear when they were wandering around because whilst you know, where I don't live where I live isn't quite as villagey as that just sort of you know, up the road from me it does get a lot like that and they've kind of they've got it spot on with the English countryside, where generally it's not very green and sunny. It's it's usually actually a bit sort of yellowy brown and overcast, and everyone knows each other, but you know, it's incredibly dull. Although you do have some nice hedges. <laughs> yes, lots of ow shin. Sorry, I just hit my shin off the ironing board. Yes, lots of hedges. They have the hedges. Yes, hedges are good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and where people do their ironing on the Sunday, yeah. Yes. <laughs> anyway, ow, that really hurt. And oh, <laughs> um, with the dust, the piles of dust, I wonder if this is meant to be a, um, a vague reference to Red Dwarf with the dust when Dave Lister wakes up and there's piles of dust everywhere. Oh, yeah. yeah. Only just but it, I mean, I think it probably was basically to save money on the uh, effects budget because they only actually see it happen one. And a lot of the effects, if you notice, were done by sound weren't they where you would hear this strange noise and off screen you assume that somebody was being dusted oh yeah it was, it was sort of you know it was a clever way to do it but i just wondered maybe it's meant to be you know a little in-joke reference to red dwarf as a pile, why their piles are just here 
those are people. Um, what else are you going to say? Um, another thing that sort of didn't ring true for me, he, you know, he goes around saving the world in an old camper van. That's not right. You jump into a camper van and start the engine and it sputters. <laughs> it's not going to drive off and do that, but, you know. <laughs> or at least in my experience of coming across all things we do, you get in, you turn the engine on, and they die. I, I yeah, I quite like the element of that sort of driving around and jump in and crammed into an old camper van. Um, well, that was what threw me somewhat. Where this was supposed to be five years in the future, which to my mind means 2015. But of course, it because it was a dream. That's why he's got this sort of uh, mullet haircut, which I associate with the 1980s. Um, and uh, they're driving around in a hippie camper van sort of thing. Um, but the whole point was, uh, like the doctor says to him, you know, you, you, you've now a doctor, you're married to your, gr- gr- your girlfriend, and you've got a baby coming on the way. That was the implication that it definitely was set up as his dream. But equally, yeah. as we as we know the other things, I mean, what was really great? It was only when the um, the um, the trickster, the dream master, uh, offered to warm the TARDIS up that I suddenly had an inkling that 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 both might be dreams because, uh, like as the doctor confirms later, he can't actually do anything physical in it, in the real world. So that was the the tip off point that the, the the doctor had to crash the TARDIS. But it was very cleverly done. There were there were red herrings about. Yeah. Any other standout moments or parts? I didn't spot they were both dreams. I sort of thought that Ledworth was probably the dream because it was everything that Rory wanted. But you sort of, from the character of Amy, you'd think, well, you'd probably be incredibly bored if that had happened. I'm trying to think what else I've liked. I liked kind of the idea of it that it's finally set it up where you know Amy's yeah. in love with Rory, the doctor is like you know best friend, but she doesn't fancy him, which is a massive relief because she's not going to go around pining after him. <laughs> but I sort of, I like yes. the element that she'd sort of gone, you know, I don't care if this is the real world. If Rory's dead, I don't want to go on and have a child and, you know, carry and, on and with did, my did life. The story, did, did the story make you believe that we might actually be losing Rory? It did. I don't know. I got the impression that it was probably doing sort of, well, they can't, you know, he's not going to die yet. But then it makes you wonder whether he's going to, survive the series maybe that's right yeah because he's not i mean he's he's on board for the trip but you he's like i say i think it's only at the end of this you now think of it as you know there are three people definitely on board fully traveling in the tardis uh it's taken a while to set up but on the other hand of course stephen moffat hasn't just had to set up a new series had to set up a whole new tardis whole new doctor uh well not a whole new doctor a whole new uh personality trait of a doctor and so on so um any any final thoughts and then your rating maybe yeah, um i was about to say something and it's oh, totally my fault. <laughs> it's all right um god what was it oh yeah um just a little side note something i noticed was that when they go back and they're blown up tires and it turns out both were dreams and you see Amy and Rory walking down the stairs. It makes you wonder, maybe it was kind of like TARDIS nighttime is how it started, because conceivably they could just have been in bed. They've just woken up and come downstairs, you know, downstairs into the console room and they're going, you know, what was that about? We had a weird dream. You know, oh, this was the story. But, you know, that wasn't particularly important. It was just something that I noticed. Um, as for rating, I definitely, you know, five out of five, I loved this one. It was 
it was really clever and it was just scary enough to be enjoyable but not so scary i was you know, trying to hide behind the sofa okay smashing and as you've uh, just uh, finished your little bit uh, just welcome uh, benjamin elliott Oh, he's having oh, trouble. He's, he's trying gone. to get back in the room. Um, but uh, we're, we're going to Rounds in a minute. But before I, I get Rounds on the uh, phone, let's just check that your audio's okay. In fact, I'll tell you what, uh, I'll just play the last of the clips I've got set up and then we'll um, go to Rowan and hopefully Ben will get back in. Where did you pick up this cheap cabaret act? Me? Oh, you're on shaky ground. Am I? If you had any more tawdry quirks, you could open up a tawdry quirk shop. The madcap vehicle, the cockamamie hair, the clothes designed by a first-year fashion student. I'm surprised you haven't got a little purple space dog. Just to ram home what an intergalactic wag you are. So here's your challenge. Two worlds. Here in the time machine, and there, in the village that time forgot. One is real, the other's fake. And just to make it more interesting, you're going to face, in both worlds, a deadly danger, but only one of the dangers is real. Tweet, tweet, time to sleep. Oh, or are you waking up? Okay, and the people will realise that all those clips are from very early on in the story, um, because basically that's the... It takes so long, and one of the things that I don't think anybody's mentioned is how long the pre-part of the show was before we went to uh, the credits, which well, seemed amazing. The pre-credit teaser. Yeah, a very, it was about four, four odd minutes. Okay, we're going to go to Rowan then, and then uh, if Benjamin gets back in, we'll go with him. And then Ian can take us round the room at the end. So, Rowan? Yes. <clears throat> I am on. You're on. Sorry for the long wait, but we'll swap it round next week. Oh, that's okay. Is this that uh, my my uh, cordless, my cell phone charger went kaput on me? <laughs> okay. So, the floor is all yours. All right. Okay. Um, anyway... Um, about this episode, I thought it was absolutely incredible. I mean, uh, I remember a long time ago doing a original RP with something similar to this, where there was an awake world and a sleep world. And depending on what was going on, you were either asleep in the real world or awake in the, uh, in the alternate world. And uh, <laughs> this kind of goes into that same kind of thing, but it's like, which one is real or are they both real or are they both fake? And it was like, there's no way of telling what was going on. And same thing with the story. It was, it was very fascinating. Um, I like the fact that they introduced this dream lord as a um, uh, culmination of, well, is that going to be the introduction to the Valyard? Or um, is it going to be just something like the Mine Robber where, you know, uh, you never know if it's, if he's putting everybody into a, sleep mode so that he can try to mess about with their minds. No, it was, it was very, very interesting. Right. Uh, so, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, did you have any ideas? I mean, people have postulated who who this character was before we found out it was, you know, the, the Doctor's uh, dark side. I mean... Uh. And that's why I said it was kind of like the Valyard was also in Trump Time War, sort of like the Doctor's Dark Side. Uh, right. 
which was his last generation uh, uh, sort of thing, when this was kind of like, okay, is this kind of like a preview of that? But, you know, kind of like, it can't be because we know that um, who was it? Um, a Dury who played the character um, was he played he did it extremely well, I thought, and that uh I, I like the fact that you never could tell what was reality and what was false. But I did like the idea of cold fusion. Uh <laughs> you know, that uh that the sun was ice cold and it was just the opposite of hot fusion. So I was like, Wow, a sun that could do cold fusion, that is so awesome. <laughs> and uh so that was extremely interesting on a science point of view. Um, I don't know how many people actually caught that part of it, but um, it was it was really. I mean, I just love this episode up inwards and outwards, uh, all around. I liked it, or the fact that you never knew what happened if you died in one realm, if you would come back, or if you would be permanently dead in the other. So I, I kind of like that uh, the the kind of plot twist that they put into it where a, like they said, it was actually both were dreams. And, uh, at the end there was the full reality. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, um, rating. Um, I give this actually another five out of five. Oh, good. We're doing well at the end there. Excellent. And, um, uh, can we finish at that or is there one more thing you want to say and I'm going to hand back to Ian in a moment um well uh, I got a new car well a new er car anyways I thought uh, that's what's going on in reality right now which is pretty cool um but uh, other than that about the show not much else really I mean uh, I did like uh, the fact that they showed Amy pregnant, you're kind of wondering how far along was she? She looked like she was about ready to give birth there. So, <laughs> you know, very well done on that. Yep. Okay. Thanks, Ron. Well, it looks like Benjamin's not made it back into the room, Ian. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. The, there were, there were birds been... tweeting and he fell asleep. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I heard somebody uh, yawning, but um, <laughs> it can't be from this show. Uh, no. The... Um, the people who are not on mic, if they want to put their ratings in whilst we finish off and go around the room, and then we'll read those ratings out. And back yes. to you, Ian. All right. Well, that about wraps it up for us. Of course, uh, uh, coming up at uh, 4.30, I believe it is, uh, Podchock uh, will be doing their live show, their review of Amy's Choice. Uh, so please join quite a number of us over there. <laughs> uh, Dave, the uh, call ID for... Live. It's already in the text for once I'm ahead of you. It's yes, 23358. 23358. 23358. I'm having a great show, if you can all just tell, you know. Just going <laughs> swimmingly. Right, I haven't seen anybody. I mean, uh, Li- um, Liam's put his in, but we, we know he's rated. Oh, he seems right. to have upped it from uh, uh, up to 9 out of 10 now, I think. Right. Four and a half uh, out of five, he says. Yeah, but if the, the guests are in the room, you can enter your text, please, and uh, let us know what your rating is, and we'll read it out whilst okay. Ian goes round the room. Yep, we'll go round the room, man. Charlie P79, you're rating against her. 
Oh, uh, probably, uh, again, a four, uh, four and a half out of five. Um, probably my favorite episode so far. It might go up to a five. Who knows? I, I, I do really, really enjoy this episode. Okie dokie. Darth. Oh, it's a five. <laughs> well, I knew you'd say that, but I did. I wanted to give you the opportunity to say it. <laughs> Very well. Yes. And Howley? Yep, definite five out of five. Five out of five, okay. And Jumpy Ghostface? It was a 4.5 out of five. Okay, you started in... the other point five because it, it was trying to... I know it was trying to be pretty good... Like a scary one, but that didn't work out very well. Okie dokie. And he just saunters back into the room. Mr. Randalthor, you're waiting, sir. Uh, yes, I'm still giving this one a 4.5 out of 5. Good character exploration, and who knows, seeds for possible sto- future stories? We shall see. <laughs> we shall see. And uh, Mr. Tim Jury? Oh, good solid four, four out of five, and we got to learn a bit more about Rory and Damien, which is always good. Yeah. And of course, Helen was a five. Looking in the text chat, uh, guest 15 says it's a solid four. Uh, Celestial Tormaker, 4.5. And I voted for Saxon, four out of five. All right, that about wraps it up. Mike, um, you missed an opportunity for a little bit of brief news. It appears that we're losing another show. Yeah, uh, this past week NBC has been announcing everything for their fall 2010, spring 2011 schedule, and Heroes has been officially cancelled, which shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone, really, since it was falling so so drastically in the ratings. But yeah, NBC has finally pulled the plug on that. There is still some talk going on that NBC might do a two... Out, might do a two or three hour m- 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 uh, movie to wrap things up, but I doubt that. Right. All right. Okay. Yeah, so. I just, uh, can I just say uh, I gave it a three and a half. I've got a feeling this will definitely go up to a four uh, when I uh, see it again, which I may be commentating upon. Yes, yes. Stay tuned. Hopefully, sometime very early next week, there will be a commentary from you're the wonderful folks at the I just should just quit now <laughs> I'm all thumbs today I'm all thumbs I tell you alrighty well uh, that brings us almost to a close uh, Dave you wanted me to uh, play our special little special special little clip that we did earlier this week for Podjock's 200th episode so here it comes Hi, Lewis Cannon James and all the Podshock listeners. This is Dave AC, one of the co-hosts of the Cult and Collective podcast, and occasionally a guest host on Podshock. Oi, 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 what? What's going on in here? I'm doing something private. Do you mind? Were you recording something for for another podcast again, Dave? What I do on my own time is none of your business. I was just I was just talking to my other friends. Lewis Cunning James. Oh, I see, yes. The other employer. I mean, I wasn't trying to leave you out of anything, Ian. I suppose you were recording something for the 200s, huh? Well, you see, I remembered. I mean, I knew that the guys had, you know, how good they are and what they're doing, and I thought, Dave AC, I'll pop them a line. Well, I don't know why you didn't involve me. I mean, I have been listening 
since episode 10. <laughs> I bet it took you nine tries to just get that far on your recording. See, where? See, you, you'd be lost without me, Dave. There's a spy camera in here. Have you been watching? That's exactly right. Well, it's 8 o'clock for me. We can record something if you like. I mean, I'm available. Well, it's a lot later for me. I mean, really, I was just in the privacy of my own home. I was just talking to friends. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. In other words, he's in his gym jams again, folks. Let, let's get down to talking about Podshock. Lewis, Ken, and James, you've done a, a wonderful job. We could listen to them seven days a week if we could. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I mean, I know you're known as the Sixth Doctor, but uh, even my friend Ian likes it. Yes, and he's been listening for the past five years. Oh, yeah, and I forecast a long and healthy future for it. You guys are most definitely the three who rule. Oh, Where have I heard definitely. that before? Yeah, can't be important. Well, that's what the two of us say. So, on behalf of everybody at the Coltham Collective, and from Dave and I, of course, you're, you're the, the number, number one, one podcast. podcast. Alrighty. And, of course, there's a little Easter egg in there for those of you who didn't pick up on it. I still don't We're... get it. I st- that's twice uh... I've heard it, and I still don't get it. You're just going to have to try and figure it out. Let's let's say it's Doctor well, Who related. I in, said in, it's not there. <laughs> it's, it's Doctor Who related in a, in a way. It's subliminal, as it were. Uh, yeah, just uh, just imagine the angels had a bit of an effect over us. That's the only clue I'm giving. All right. Well, <laughs> well uh, that about wraps it up for us. Join us next week. We'll be reviewing... Oh, God, I forgot my door. The hungry, the hungry <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Uh, You've been lost without right me. You've been lost without me. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't you start. Don't you start. All right. <laughs> Nothing more to say now than it's goodbye from me. And it's goodnight from him. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. I got that right. Pull the plug. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.